CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Here for the Right Reasons, Us Weekly's Bachelor podcast. I am your host, Sarah Heron, and I have a good treat for you guys today. I talked to Blake Hortzman, who you remember from Becca Kufrin's season of The Bachelor, and then, of course, his infamous time on the beach in Bachelor in Paradise season six. And, you know, Blake had kind of one of those mighty downfalls of reality TV a little bit where he was pretty beloved and then the paradise thing kind of blew up in his face. And he's very candid about that. And he talks about The Bachelor. He covers it on his podcast, which we get into. Um, And I thought it was fun to hear his perspective about editing and producing, but also, you know, understanding that he is making a career off of being a Bachelor alum. So it was it was an honest conversation about the mix between those two things that I think you'll really enjoy. Um, We also talked a little bit about what's going on with Chris Harrison and Rachel Lindsay, but I'm going to get into that more on Friday's episode since, of course, we know that we got our After the Final Rose host, Emmanuel Acho, who um, I'm going to do a little deep dive in this week so I can give you more information about him. But we have a bunch of stuff on usmagazine.com. I think he's going to be great. But for now, I want to leave you with my lengthy chat with Blake about the women tell all, about his time on The Bachelorette, his time on Paradise, and so much more. I am joined now by Blake, who you may remember from season 14 of The Bachelorette with Becca Kufrin, of course, and for his run on Bachelor in Paradise, which we're going to get into. He has his own podcast now called Behind the Rose. Hello, Blake. Hi there. Thanks for having me. Of course. How how are you? How have you been enjoying this season? I know you're covering it on your show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I've been good. Um, you know, it's been an interesting season. I, I've, I've enjoyed it, to be honest. I've enjoyed Matt as The Bachelor. I wasn't sure what to expect going in. Uh, with him never have been on the show before. So I was kind of interested to see how that was going to play out and everything. Um, but I've enjoyed it. I think Matt's done a great job. And there are some, as far, you know, there's a lot of drama and everything. There always is, but this season seems to be a little bit more than usual. But there are some some great women in this season. So um, it's been it's been joyful. I've, I've enjoyed it. Yeah, I agree. I really like Matt, I think, as a person. I'm a little on the fence about him as a bachelor, not almost maybe because he's too good of a person. Like I feel like he's given people almost too much the benefit of the doubt. I'm a little bit like, we need to be a little tougher on some of these ladies, but who knows what was really going on, which you know all about. Yeah. Never know. Yeah. But I I agree. It almost says more about Matt that he's a bad bachelor, but a good person. It's it's better to be a good person than a bad bachelor. Not that you can't be a good bachelor and a good person, but sometimes it's hard to do it all. (laughs) Um, Let's talk about the tell all last night, right off the bat. Of course, it was reminding us that it was recorded on February 4th, which was a few days before everything kind of went down with Chris Harrison and Rachel Lindsay. I've talked about that a lot. I'm sure you have too, but real mm-hmm. quick, did you watch the the whole extra interview? What were your thoughts on everything that went, has gone down here? Yeah, I did. I did watch it. You know, obviously I got sensitive a bunch. I hadn't watched it until, you know, kind of everything broke. Um, and it was, it was hard to watch. I, it was, it was shocking. You know, I, I know Chris, I don't, 
know him super well. You know, I'm not like best friends with him or anything, but of course, you know, I know him through through the show and everything. And that that I was shocked by by the language used and kind of what was said throughout the the interview. And I think, you know, a lot of people think maybe it was an overreaction, but I think it was the right kind of reaction. I do, and I think it was the right thing for him to step aside. Um, now, whether he's going to stay aside, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but I think right now that was definitely the right decision from by the show and by him. Yeah, I agree. And we know now Emmanuel Acho is going to be stepping up. Um, I was watching some of his videos the other day. He seems like a great choice to have lead a conversation that needs to be had in this franchise with someone with a black bachelor, with um, a white woman who's been under fire. It, it makes sense to me. I agree. Uh, I'm really excited for After the Final Rose because not only that, but I mean, there's going to be a lot that needs to be discussed and talked about and touched on. Uh, but yeah, I think Emmanuel is going to be great. Uh, it's going to be so strange. It will. I mean, Chris has been doing it for 20 years. You know what I mean? It's going to be really weird to see somebody else up there. And I'm interested in the fact that, you know, because I always thought if there was going to be a new host at any point, it'd be somebody from Bachelor Nation. And mm-hmm. not that I don't know if Manuel's taken over permanently or not, um, but it's going to be interesting to see how he kind of, I don't know, how the crowd, how the audience um, kind of accepts him, uh, accepts him or not, because he's not from, you know, quote unquote, Bachelor Nation. So it'll be interesting to watch. Yeah, for sure. I mean, this is something that I feel like has become up a lot in the last year. But as someone who's obviously associated with the franchise, and you do talk about it on, on your show, so that kind of makes me maybe feel like you have more of an obligation to speak out. But what is that balance of people like bombarding your DMs, asking you to comment on something before you maybe even know what's going on versus how much do you feel responsible for it? Like, I, I can't imagine what yeah. that's like. It is a really strange thing, you know. I mean, imagine somebody coming up to you and being like, "Hey, you need to speak on your ex-employee of three years ago because he messed right. up," you know. And it's like, wait, what? But I, the Chris thing is a little different because, quote, like, if you will, he's the boss, you know. So I get that to a degree. It's like you work for him, like that kind of thing. But as far as like you know, this Taylor Nolan thing that's kind of mm-hmm. come out, like that's been really hard. Like I, I know Taylor. We're not like really, really close, but I know Taylor. But she was on the show five years ago. Like, are we supposed to comment on every single time somebody from this franchise messes up, makes a mistake, you know? And I did. I did still, you know, talk about it on uh, my podcast, but it is hard. It's really hard for, you know, a lot of the, you know, BIPOC, if you will, people uh, in this franchise just because they already deal with so much and everybody wants them to comment on every little thing you know and so it's a lot and sometimes yeah i didn't sometimes you don't even know about it you know and then you see this dm and you're like wait what what how am i so far behind you know so it can be overwhelming at times for sure i'm sure it is i feel like now more than ever um let's talk about the tell-all though i want to start with the victoria of it all because i don't know about you but i was really expecting to get a lot of victoria here and instead we got a quick shot in a crown a quick little conversation with ryan and then her crying to matt and i I felt like we were missing something the editing here was off to me same i agree i thought we were going to get a lot more victoria i thought the girls were going to go into victoria a little bit more and just be like why did you say those things blah blah blah, and try and she didn't really even give not only an apology but she didn't really give a reason she didn't even give like an explanation of why she acted the way she did for me I would have gone on there in there and just rolled over, you know, and been like, I'm an idiot. I was a mistake. I hit that environment got to me. You know, it was really hard. I was falling for somebody who was dating other women and she just didn't. She kind of like stuck to her guns almost in a weird way. And if anything, like I thought Katie got ragged on more than Victoria. And I, that was for us so frustrating to watch. Totally. The only apology we did get from Victoria, of course, had the word butt in it, which if I've learned anything from reality television, you got, you got to <laughs> cut off the butt. You got to say, I'm got sorry. To. I did this. Not, I'm sorry. This hurt you. I'm sorry. Right. And no, but I feel like that's the yeah. one rule about apologizing. And yeah, didn't she ask, like, are you just sensitive? Like, do you think maybe yeah. it's just because you're sensitive? Like, what? 
What? Who does? Who wants to be called a hoe? I, I mean, know. Like, I don't it's think crazy. that's oversensitive. And there um, even some women sticking up for her a little bit. And I'm like, what is happening? Yeah, it was kind of crazy. It was crazy. And I think there must be more to her that we didn't see on the show, obviously, because the women seem to have a good relationship with her. Yeah. Matt had some nice things to say about her. But as a viewer, I just felt very unsatisfied by not hearing her out, even though when on, during the season, I was like, okay, I'm over you. I don't want to see you anymore. Now was like the time. The tell yep. is the time for the quote unquote villain to like share their side. And I felt yep. like that was missing. No, I agree. And she almost kind of tried to play the victim card a little bit. Even she was like, you know, I've been getting hate, you know, th- online and well, she was, and a lot of that is shouldn't happen. Like it go way overboard. But at the same time, it's like, I get it. If you're like, they're talking about your physical appearance or kind of those kinds of things that's all over the line. But if they're, saying, well, you shouldn't have called a girl, you know, a hoe, like they have, that's a, that's criticism. That's that I get it, you know? And so it was, it was frustrating to watch at times and you're right. I feel like it was, a, it was unsatisfying to say the least. Yeah. You brought up Katie who definitely was like a, a flip the script moment. It felt like for us as viewers, I really felt like Katie did a great job of trying to like look out for the women in the house and talk to Matt in a way that I felt watching. It wasn't like I'm trying to get time with you and I'm being the tattletale. Cause that's a delicate balance for Very. a contestant. Um, and I thought she did a great job, but they were trying to sort of suggest that her bringing it up to Matt made things worse. I didn't get that as a viewer, but <laughs> no. it was, I was literally frustrated watching it. Like I was getting angry because I think it was Chelsea said something to the effect of like the house wasn't toxic until you told Matt it was toxic. Like what? No, what were they watching? <laughs> no, I know yeah. they lived it, but did they watch yeah, this? Exactly. This couldn't have all been was- made up. Yeah, it was like it was so frustrating because the house was clearly toxic. You can't deny even if the editing like those things were still said. The reason Katie went to Matt was basically the thing that put her over the edge. The straw like broke the camel's back was the rumor about Britney. And that was when Katie was like, you know, this is too much. And that was clearly toxic. Clearly, there were women talking about that. All of them, most of them anyway. And so I don't see how people can be mad because it is a delicate. You're right. It's a very delicate balance. And. I can't remember the last time I thought it was a good idea for somebody to run to the lead, but I think Katie had a right to run to the lead and kind of say something. So it was frustrating to watch like the girls kind of come at, come at Katie and, and uh, I like that she stuck her, like stuck to her guns. Like she wasn't like, I don't, I'm not going to apologize for going to Matt. And I think that was the right thing to do. And obviously maybe there's something in there in the editing that we didn't see. And mm-hmm. even at one point, I think they said that you bullied Sarah too. And they were, and Katie was like, yes, but I learned, I saw, I got to know her and I regret doing that. That was a mistake and I wanted to make it right. And even the girls were like, whatever. And I was like, what is happening? Like, I know. So, it was so frustrating. Yeah. I, of course, I was up in all of their Instagram comments this morning because I can't help myself. And I saw that Mary was like clapping back at people and they were like, why would you blame this on Katie? And she said something along the lines of you guys will never know what really happened or it'll never come to light or something. So I know I'm sure there's more we don't know, but it's hard as an audience. We have to judge what's presented to us. We can have the common sense to know that this is edited, but as a viewer and the show, I have to pretty much judge what I'm seeing as a contestant. And now someone who covers the show, how do you, how do you go with the balance of, okay, this is being edited or produced and what, how do I judge what I'm watching? If that makes sense. Um, So as, as a viewer now, you know, and I've been through it all, uh, I watch the show very differently. And and the women tell all is, is crazy edited mental all like the reunions. Those are crazy edited. Like all the facial expressions you're seeing are definitely not happening in the moment they're taken from. Cause they film you for eight hours, nine hours, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and towards the last like two hours, you're just frustrated and tired and hungry and want to go, you know? So, um, but I, I definitely watch through a different lens now. Um, and I, I can see most of the editing at times. Uh, I can catch it. 
Um, and I, I just try and th- I just try and have an open mind. I do. And I, even with Victoria this season, I was like, I'm not going to like bag on Victoria. I've been in those shoes where you're, you're the villain, no matter what, like there's nothing you can do. She definitely does. Like I said, deserves some of the criticism. Some of the things she said were out of line. Um, but I just try to remember, like they have a narrative. They really do. They have like a storyboard and they have a narrative mm-hmm. for each contestant and each character. And they're going to, they're going to show that no matter what, like there's nothing, they have all of the power. You have zero power in that environment. Um, so yeah, it, it, it can be frustrating and I, I try and watch it a little differently now, but at the same time, like <laughs> you fall into the trap, like totally, I get, I get persuaded by the narrative, by the editing and, and I start to kind of feel something. I'm like, no Blake, like they edited you horribly in paradise. Like, you know what it's like, you know? So, um, yeah, I try and watch it a little differently now. Yeah, that makes sense. I also think that's probably where it all comes from with this like manipulation claims that come up every now and then. Because I also, again, as someone who's obviously never been on the show, but as someone who watches a lot of reality TV, there is something to be said for you. No one can make you say something. It can be presented away, but you do have the power to control yourself. However, I also understand that, of course, if someone you supposedly trust or a producer is advising you one way, why wouldn't you believe them? But also the show's been on for like a deck, two decades. Maybe you should be wary of that. Like, I don't know. It's, I feel like it must be a lot running through your head while you're filming the show. It is. And in that environment, it's it's just such a crazy environment, especially the Bachelor Match Records is a little longer than Paradise, obviously. But you do start to build a relationship with your producer or producers. And in that environment, you have nobody else to lean on. Um, you know, your lack of sleep, you're not eating right, you're drinking. Um, it's very emotional. And it is easier to get manipulated in that environment, obviously, than, than in your regular life. Um, but you're right. Like at the end of the day, the decisions you make are your own. They can't make you do anything. Now, it is scary in editing when they can Frankenbite and they can take words that you'd say at different times and put that together. And that is super scary. And I wish they would stop being able to do that and not put that in the contract. Um, okay. But yeah, as far as like I've made, I'm, you know, I've never really said anything on camera that I regret, but I've done things. Like I remember when I took um, Hannah G on that, or sorry, Tasha on the date instead of Hannah G, I was manipulated 100%. But at the end of the day, I decided to do it. Like, yes, I got lied to and like I got you, you know, like completely manipulated but at the end of the day it's something i did and i can't be like they forced me because they didn't you know so there are certain things where the scary part is the, the post edit that's what's scary when they can add words and they did that to me a couple times they can add words and things like that that's scary i read somewhere that you tried to get the producers to just edit you out of the rest of your season of paradise oh is yeah true? i was like yeah i literally called work? yeah i literally <laughs> called like episode five and i was like mercy I was like, mercy, get me the, I'm getting kicked and bullied and spit on and shit on every episode. Like, get me out of the season, you know? Um, and obviously they couldn't really do that. I think maybe they did to a degree, but yeah, it, it's hard. It's hard when every single episode, and I think, I bet Victoria felt that a little bit um, here and there. Uh, maybe Sarah for a couple episodes, you know, was just like, uh, but yeah, it's hard. It's really hard to watch yourself just get bullied on national television. It's really hard. Speaking of Sarah, I mean, I would assume she didn't want to come or got out of it some way. Maybe a Corona reference. We know her dad was sick. I feel like she got like three episodes at the beginning of the season dedicated to her. So it's Seriously. another missing piece. I felt very unsatisfied by this whole episode. I know. I, I was shocked that Sarah wasn't there because you're right. Like she had a lot of screen time this season, a lot, and was kind of a sympathetic character in a lot of ways. And I think she could have like i think she could have maybe it would have been a good women tell all for like i think she maybe could have got something out of it but i for sure think she said either no which is the thing like they asked me in paradise they're like do you want to do the reunion like 
you don't have to, you know? Um, so maybe she said no, or yeah, maybe it was her father, you know, she didn't want to quarantine for that long. Uh, whatever it was, I'm surprised we haven't heard from her at all, even, you know, social yeah. media wise. So I was shocked. I was, I was shocked. And I definitely think it was her decision, not the show's decision. So it is, in your, it's not in your contract that you have to go to the reunion or the tell-all? That's kind of surprising um, to me. I think maybe it, it is to a degree in there, but I think they have, they, they're also like, listen, we can't, again, I, I don't think they can force us, you know, like, I don't think they can yeah. force me, especially that like with the, the mind frame that I was in throughout paradise and everything, like how bad I was um, in a dark hole. Like, I don't think they would have been like, you're coming, you know, you're going to face <laughs> this and they just get tore up again on national television. Like, no, I don't think they would have like forced me to do that, you know? Yeah, it makes sense. There is there there are people too. Everyone involved here is people, which sometimes yeah. we forget. The producers are people, the contestants are people, the viewers need to remember that you know, just normal people too and don't have the authority yeah. to tell everyone what to think and do. Yeah. <laughs> I can speak for myself. Um speaking about the editing of this season specifically, also, I don't know if you felt this way, but I felt like watching all those dates that didn't air last night made me really frustrated because the the group dates, while they don't always, they're very silly a lot of the time and they don't always aren't always great necessarily, especially now that they're stuck in one location. I think they allow the, the characters on the show to be more well-rounded people. We saw these girls getting along and being fun and silly with one another. I thought they all hated each other based on exactly. everything I saw. So I was frustrated with that. And I also think that goes to show why none of us, a lot of people aren't necessarily rooting for Matt with many of these girls either because we didn't see the connections. So I... I just am so confused about why they, they, they cut all of this out. <laughs> no, I completely agree. It was very, it was frustrating again to watch those. I, I found myself like smiling through that portion, that like 15 minutes where they were showing those dates and showing it almost humanizes those women a little bit because mm -hmm. you think of, you start to look at them as like a character and it, like, I feel like it, it showed their relationship. Like you said, it showed the women's relationship with each other. And I was talking, you know, on, last night I had Sydney on my podcast and she had a good point. She was like, like the show for some reason makes dating so like dramatic and it's like, can we just make dating fun again? Like show the fun side of dating, you know? And I feel like yeah. the last few seasons they haven't done that. It's been depressing and it's been dramatic and it's like, can we just go back to when dating was fun and yeah. show people that dating can be fun, you know? Um, and so, yeah, I was frustrated um, with, with how they decided to obviously cut those cool moments and show more of the drama, more Victoria, more, you know, whatever it is, more of the bullying rather than the fun side of these women. And there was, you know, everybody always asks me, and I'm sure you'll ask me at some point, but like, would you consider paradise? And I'm like, honestly, these women, they don't make them very likable. It's like, for some reason, like they just don't like, there's maybe one or two where I feel like they're likable, but the rest of these women aren't likable. It's like, why go on a beach where I feel like I wouldn't, you know, get along with any of these women or scared that I'm going to get bullied by these women. And that's not the women's fault. True. That's the production, the producers, the editing. It's not the girl's fault. Cause I don't think they're like that. But for some reason, the show is making these women unlikable. I think the last time I felt like there were multiple women and like good relationships was Ari season with Becca and Tia and Kendall. Like all those women had a great relationship, you know, and I Show, they showed that and so it, it's gotten weird i don't know what i don't know what the show is headed towards or why it's changed so much but i feel like it has yeah i would say peter's girls also they had a similar i feel like this time last year we were saying they were all kind of mean and then the, these girls put those i mean they were nothing compared to this yeah, group, exactly. so. no, it's like you're just gonna get worse every season like what's happening
You're right, though. As someone who could potentially be in Paradise one day, who watching that show would necessarily want to go put themselves up to this? I saw a tweet that was like, because people loved the men on Tasha Claire's season. And they were like, and they were older and it was a little more mature. And that season, I thought, had a good balance of silly and serious mm-hmm. and fun. And we got the drama with the Claire of it all. Like, there, I thought that was a good mix. And people were like, why would these 30 something year old guys want to go date these women? So it does, they're setting themselves up kind of to be in a, in a problem. 100%. It was, yeah, it's a strange uh, strategy, to say the least. Yeah. Strange strategy. I also think, I came up with a theory, but now I don't know if it's true because they did travel on Peter season, but I feel like maybe part of the non-traveling really affected the show and the way they framed the storylines and the the time because usually it's like, I mean, even like on your season, it was like, okay, when we were in, I can't remember where we traveled, but like when we were in Cleveland, this is what happened. And this was the kind of the, the story. Then when we moved on to Rome, no one was really talking about Cleveland anymore. Like we wrapped it up, but because they're just on this resort, everything continued. Like every episode was to be continued. And yeah. then we missed, that's why we were missing the group portions of the dates. I feel like, I don't know. That's Great just my point. theory. I mean, no, that's a, that's a decent theory because I kind of forgot that they were stuck in this, this resort for the last two months, you know? And, and I think that also might have to do with the drama and the cattiness because when you're stuck, like Paradise, for example, you're there the whole time, you know, and you're always on camera, always mic'd up. And so the, the traveling portion is actually kind of a, a release. It's kind of mm-hmm. an escape. You get to like build a relationship. Like I remember that some of my favorite moments are from traveling with the guys, you know. So maybe they didn't get that. And yeah, maybe that's a good point. They're, they were constantly being, you know, poked and prodded rather than having those moments where you can kind of escape. So great point. Great point. Thank you. Thank you. I'm an expert. Um, also, we saw um, Piper get some one-on-one time with Chris Harrison, Abigail, Serena P, Katie. Did any of men, who do you think was getting that bachelorette edit, think I'm on the team Abigail front? Yeah, um, I definitely think too. I think Katie and Abigail definitely got a bachelorette edit. And I, again, like I watched through a different lens now. I kind of understand how all that works. And I, I saw it more of the the questions that Chris was asking them. Like at one point they asked Abigail if she was single and what's next for her. And I was like, ooh, like that's that's a moment. Um Katie, I thought it was interesting when he said, like, you you can get your closure. And I was like, does Katie really need closure? Like I feel she like, you know, I feel like, like, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. The one thing I feel like the reason I get people saying Katie shouldn't be bachelorette is because I I'm not I don't find myself rooting for a love story for her. not because like she just didn't have a heart really bad like heartbroken you know and like I didn't see their relationship with Matt a lot you know uh, where Abigail I felt like they had a bit of a more of a connection um I, I'm on the train for Abigail right now I think it'll be interesting to see how after Final Rose goes and everything but I'm also on the Abigail I like Katie too though I think either one of them could be Bachelorette uh but those two definitely got the uh bachelorette treatment last night for sure yeah i thought it was funny when chris harrison was like piper we were all so shocked when you were sent home i was like really yeah, like, who, who? Yeah. <laughs> i did not she have her fine. in my final she's, four at any point yeah, yeah she's gorgeous whatever like i'm nothing against her but it was no. very clear that matt was very much into the, his final four were the only four who i felt like he genuinely did have something with not that he didn't like the other women. Cause again, I think he was too nice to everyone, Mm -hmm. but I feel like those four were, I could have picked those out a long time ago. Yeah. Agreed. I think I I did. Other than, I think Serena snuck in there for me. I thought Abigail was going to take that spot, but other than that, yeah, I feel like I, yeah, I wasn't shocked when Piper went home yet. Um, did you see all the tweets that said Heather was there? Yeah, I did. I did see a lot of that. And that's another interesting, I don't, I'm interested to see if like, cause there is times when, you just don't contribute and they're like why have her there you know she's not going to contribute or maybe or maybe uh, heather was just like i don't want to be there cut me the f out like i'm sick of this like i just got you know bullied on national television i got a lot right. of hate like i'm out so who knows how that went and heather didn't even mention it 
like social media, anything. She didn't even like acknowledge that she was there or any, it was crazy. Yeah. It was crazy, but you know, nothing gets past the bachelor fans. So I wonder if they almost left that little clip, like a little back of her head as an Easter egg to be like, you guys start guessing, or if it was an accident, like there's just always so many questions. The, sh- the reason the show never ends is because there's endless amounts of things to talk about it. Even though if they're ridiculous, I can't help myself. Endless. It's so funny because I think we all give like a lot of credit to like the producers and like, we are all like, they did this because of this and like, they're going to have us die. And I don't know if that's always the case, but it cracks. It's kind of like people with like the government and they have like these conspiracies and they're like, you know, like, did we land on the moon? And I feel like imagination is the same way with like the show. It's crazy. It's so bizarre. The tinfoil hats are real. and like Taylor Swift Easter eggs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> three yeah, exactly. things. <laughs> the Swifties and the like conspiracy. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yes, <laughs> totally. Um, as we wrap up talking about Matt's season, you know, we're going into fantasy suites next week. As someone who was obviously a runner up on the show, what is that feeling like going into the fantasy seat week? How difficult is it to know that, you know, you're in love, think with this lead and you know, they're going to be spending time alone with the other leads. Like, can you tell me a little bit about what that mindset is like? Yeah, it's uh, incredibly difficult. Uh, I think this is about, I always say like at one point you're going to lose your mind, like you're going to break and you don't know when, like, but at some point they're going to break you. And I think Fantasy Suites was kind of my breaking point or damn near because I had the last um, Fantasy Suites. So I went, this was the longest I'd gone without, I went like 10 days without seeing Becca. Um, So it was really, really hard. And you are in your head. Uh, I remember being in, I was in LA for like five days with just my producer and I remember like just sitting at the bar and I think I went to like a comedy show with her, um, with one of the producers, a comedian. And I remember like afterwards we were all hanging out and I was like, eh, well, my girlfriend's fucking another guy right now. You know, it's like one of those, like it was just such a weird feeling, you know, it's just so weird. Um, it's like hard to explain. Cause like I, we all understand what we sign up for. We all understand that whole thing. But at the same time, it's still really hard to know like the woman you're in love with, uh, is with another man, you know? So I don't blame, like, I'm sure we'll see. And it looked like we did a little bit in the previews. Some of these women start to kind of break and kind of be like, I'm falling for this man. And, you know, he's seeing another woman and he's in bed with another woman. And so it is, it is really hard. I have a lot of sympathy and empathy uh, for these, these women going in this, this week. Does the order matter? Like, do you think being last, ma- like, I don't, I don't know if I'd want to, I don't know where I'd want to go in the order. I know. But I, I, it is probably could play a part if, if the lead is still very conflicted. So I, it's funny because I've been asked this and it is a very strange thing. Cause I always, people are like, wouldn't you want to go first? I'm like, I don't know. Would you want to go last though? And, or would you want to go first, but then know that she ended up with, you know, she, or he was with another woman and then you got engaged. Like, I don't know. Was that better than the other way around? Like, I don't think there is, um, a better way to do it. You know, I don't think there's like going first is better than going last. I always, if I, so I'll put it this way. If I was the bachelor, I would want the person that I'm picking to be last. I would want the person that I'm picking to be last. Now that could be different for everybody, but that would be my approach, I guess. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, also watch going into then fast forward to after we get through fantasy suites, it's going to be a little different because there's been a lot of controversy surrounding the potential winner and all that. But on a normal season, going into the after the final rose, watching the show back as someone who, you know, thought you were getting engaged and having to watch it all comforting to watch horrible to watch it. How do you feel going up to that after the final rose? Like what is the runner up state of mind during that time? Uh, so it is, it's hard to watch back at times, but in a weird way, if you, if you like for, 
example, my my situation where I wasn't, you know, picked there at the end. And um, it was weirdly therapeutic, too, because I got to see um, Garrett and Becca's connection and just how, you know, how great they seemed with each other. So in a weird way, it was like, I get it. It was like, okay, like, you know, it wasn't just because... I don't know, something I did or we didn't have a strong connection because, you know, I still think we did. It was just that she felt... And I always like I always say the people who are mad at the lead, like, it's ridiculous. You know, it's like she, he or she followed her heart. You can't, you can't be, you know, petty. It's, you know what you're signing up for and you can't be petty and it, she followed her heart. It's not like you, she did anything maliciously, you know. Um, but it is hard. And going into the final rows, um, for me... I had they, I hadn't watched uh, my actual breakup yet. hadn't watched my actual breakup, and they got me. They were like, "We'll let you watch it backstage before you go out there." And I was there for the after final rose, and I'm you know in my suit, and I'm standing backstage, and all of a sudden the producer's like, "Okay, go go sit out there with Chris." And I was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! You're gonna make me watch this in front of all these people?" And they were like, "Yeah, sorry." And I was like, "You sons of bitches!" You know, um, but it was hard to watch yourself get heartbroken like it's hard to watch your heartbreak on national television um and it does come rushing back to you like i think last night we saw some of those girls kind of tear up like those those are real like you do start you do feel it and you're in the moment again you're in that environment again you're talking to the same people that you were in in that moment so it does come rushing back to you uh but the close the, the closure if you will for me uh was after the final rose but it wasn't necessarily when i saw becca or i talked to becca it was it was when i saw garrett and becca together on that couch it was like a, a door closed for me. I was like, okay, like they're happy. They're together still, you know, it's over for me. I'm closing the door and I'm going to move on. And so that was kind of the moment for me was not, not when I talked to Becca, but it was when I saw them all happy uh, on that couch. That's when it changed for me. I'm not going to lie, Blake. I went back and I watched your breakup with Becca because oh, I was talking to you today and I remembered <laughs> tears, but there were more, even more tears than I recalled. It was you had, a lot. Yes. And it, but it made you very sympathetic. I feel like people, correct me if I'm wrong, really rallied around you. You were like the loved character on the show. And then the paradise of it all kind of went, you know, a different way. But mm -hmm. how can you tell me a little bit about like that? Not I don't want to say downfall because it's a harsh word. But like, mm -hmm. did you feel like you went from kind of being a beloved, sympathetic character to not so much? Um, A little bit. Like, yeah. Well, yeah. In the moment, kind of, you know, but as I look back at it, not so much. But yeah, I mean, I guess coming off, you know, Bachelorette, I think, and this happens with, you know, most people who get their heart broken on national. I always say, like, I, I'm nothing special. Like, I'm very ordinary. I just happen to fall in love on national, like, on television. That's why, you know. But it, it was weird because I think people thought, you know, that people build you up to be something you're necessarily not. Um, and I know there's been other people who have kind of spoke on that a little bit, but it's hard to be this person, this, like, almost perfect person. And everybody thought I was a super sensitive guy and, like, super, I don't know, like, like, um, like emotional and like all that. And I'm, I'm, I am now, especially coming off the show, but at the same time, like I'm not this person who like constantly talks. I, I'm a very funny laid back guy. Like in that environment, I wasn't, especially um, there towards the end. Like I was in my head a lot. It's, it's a hard environment, but like I am a pretty laid back and funny guy. And I think 99% of people would tell you that, but I tried to like, in a weird way, you try and like play into the edit you give, you get. Um, and so I try to be that perfect person. Um, and it, you know, I'm obviously nobody is, I'm not. Uh, and so going into paradise, yeah, it was hard. And, and, and I've told everybody I've talked to, I've told, you know, I've obviously talked to like Tyler C and all these people. I'm like, man, if you get a good edit, Mike Johnson, I'm like, fucking don't go to paradise. Like, just don't <laughs> do it because you would just, they, they don't like when people get a little like 
quote unquote bigger than the show. They don't like that. And they will tear you down and and you become a target. You do, you become a target, an easy target, an easy target mm-hmm. because it's easy to fall from the peak, you know, than it is like in the middle. You know, it's easier to fall from the top. Uh so yeah, I tell those people and, and yeah, Paradise was super hard because I think I was an easy target, you know, and I did I make mistakes? Yeah. To a degree, but I was always honest, and you know, with those women and everything. And I think you know, people saw uh, a chance to kind of take advantage of of me in that whole situation. It was hard to watch, and it hurt. It hurt really bad to see people then also not on the beach, like people, you know, alumni take advantage of it as well, and kind of like speak on it and throw me under the bus for retweets, likes, and and podcast listens. So all that's really hard. It's a it was a hard process, at least. Yeah, that's actually a really interesting point. I feel like I can come up with so many examples of people who didn't look great on the show on like the original season, but then got their paradise redemption. I mean, that's how mm-hmm. we got Nick Vile as a bachelor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, someone like a Jordan Kimball comes to mind a little bit, like got to be funny. Like you see a lot more of a, someone's personality on paradise, which could be good or bad, but it's almost like they give people who got scorned a little bit, a better look mm-hmm. as the kind of like redemption tour. So you'd think the people who were the quote unquote villains wouldn't want to go back on the show, but really it gives you a chance to like prove you're not who you are versus like, the, yeah, you're right. The people who are on their pedestal, yeah. Tyler Cameron doesn't need the bachelor. anymore. No, he should never go. Mac Johnson should never go back on the show. I talked to him the other day. Um, yeah, you're right. Like villains, should go back. They should because they give villains redemption edits where the like, I don't know, which I don't know if you want to call them heroes, guy, villains and heroes, but like those people, then they they tear down. So, I mean, Dean, look at Dean. Remember Dean's Paradise run? Like that was rough. Um, but then he got I'm, a Paradise Redemption tour, kind of. Kind of. Yeah, yeah. A couple years later. Um, but my, my, you know, Paradise, um, I'm trying to think of like some others. Uh, well, Peter never went. Peter Krause did the right thing. He never went. You know, I can't imagine what they would have done. Sean Booth should never go. Sean Booth, no, never go, you know. <laughs> so, and that, and that's first, that's hard because I'm sure the show, it's like, and I was doe-eyed and naive and I trusted, you know, a lot of the wrong people, but um, like, I wish somebody would have been like, don't go, you know, like, what are you Especially- thinking? I wish- yeah. You had a whole year off mm-hmm. in between, obviously, which I assume you didn't go the first time because you were potentially yeah. going to be The Bachelor and because you probably were still, you know, dealing with the Becca stuff. But then you had a whole year to one, remove yourself and two, talk to these people offline because the reality is the your little Bachelor bubble, you guys, who knows what the hell you're all dealing oh, with each other all the time. Yeah, everybody sleeps with each other. It's crazy. But like at the same time, it's you're exactly right. I remember, I can't remember who it was on and at the reunion. Somebody was like, well, man, you met all these girls. I'm like, it was somebody from... Um, What's her name season? Hannah season. And I'm like, dude, you were two episodes in when you came down to paradise on your bachelorette season. Like, of course you didn't meet anybody, you know? It's like, I want a full year of women sliding in my DMs of me going to events of me doing podcasts. Of course I met people. And I'm not, I always say like, we're not guinea pigs. They can't control what we do in real life. If if I'm attracted to somebody, I'm going to DM them. If I'm into somebody, like why wait? If anything, it's worse to wait because then it's not genuine. It's fake, you know? So yeah. that was really frustrating to see people like, well... Like, it's not real because you should have just waited to paradise. I'm like, if anything, it's the opposite. It's way more fake if you just wait to paradise, you know? So it was frustrating. And that's definitely been happening this whole time. It's just now it's so obvious because, you know, there's so much going on. But when you look back at those early paradise seasons, it's so funny because they all got so mad at each other for like DMing each other on Twitter because that was the option. And now (laughs) it's like, okay, if we all don't think they are doing that, like, you know, there can be something to be said for women being upset with how things were handled. But we have to talk about it on the show or else this is all a lie. Like we we, we can't ignore it. So while unfortunately, you know, you had to deal with a lot of the wrath of it. If none of that all came up on the show, which I know probably you didn't want it to, it would have been kind of confusing for the viewer unless it was all cut out. So it, it, it's a, definitely a balance, too. Right. Yeah, it's definitely a balance. And like, I know this season, like I've talked to some of these guys and like, 
let's just say it's going to be an interesting paradise because like the producers, like just, yeah, I mean, everybody's talking to everybody already. And I'm like, have you guys learned nothing from me? Like, don't do anything for six months, like six months. That's all you have to do. Wait for six months, you know, um, especially because it's like a weird filming schedule this year because of COVID, you know, because normally these guys wouldn't meet any of them because they'd mm-hmm. go straight to paradise, you know. So it was it was interesting. And I'm like, God, you idiots. I'm like, just fucking wait six months and then you won't have to deal with that. Um, but it's hard because, yeah, I, I obviously am a little bit pessimistic um, and cynical when it comes to like, like, I'm like, dude, don't do it. Like these girls are going to use you for a storyline and vice versa. Like, don't do it. These guys are going to use you for a storyline. Like you don't think if you're talking to some guy that she's going to go to paradise and be like, you should have me to paradise because I'll talk about this DM, you know, of course they're doing that, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, ah, just stay away. Yeah. Oh, it's so good as a viewer though. I, I feel <laughs> bad, but I'm like, Oh, I can't wait. Like DM each other, do it. Get messy. Um, to go back to Becca real quick. Why did everyone think that you guys were going to get back together when her and Garrett broke up three years after the season aired? I know it's pretty fun. I, well, I just think I think. Well, I think it's interesting that me and Becca have a great relationship. I think that is a little strange, uh, you know, from from past seasons. Uh, me and Becca have a great relationship. We talk with friends, um, and so I think maybe that was one of it. And also the way her and Garrett ended. I think I think people just want to see me and Becca happy, which is a compliment. Like it means a lot. It really, really does. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're close friends and everything. Um, and we're like always going to have each other's back and care for each other. But, um, I don't know why everybody was, was shipping us so hard or he still is shipping us pretty hard. That was a, that was a quick turnaround too. I feel like people were like, oh, okay. And it's the same thing that happened okay. with Hannah Brown, but at least it made more sense. Cause like the Jed thing happened, like it, it was within minutes with the Tyler thing, but I feel like still people, they are both in relationships and bachelor nation can't let it go. So it, it must be a weird thing to especially if, if you ever are dating someone for them to know that there's like people out there shipping you with someone else. Yeah. That's just, it's, it's very hard and it's very hard to like, yeah. Yeah. Let's just say it's, it's uh it can be hard on uh if you're dating somebody and even super casual, like it's like, yeah, they get, they're like super confused and you try to explain to them, you know, it's, yeah, it's hard, super hard. Um, okay. Speaking of people going back to each other, you were at the Super Bowl with Peter and Kelly. What <laughs> happened? Blake, you do pay attention, Sarah. <laughs> ah, yes, I do. Um, yeah, I mean, actually, that was the first time I had met Kelly in person. Uh, she's great. Phenomenal. I love her. Um, met Kelsey, too. They were both together. Um, both great women. And yeah, I mean, you know, it's... Let's just say they care a lot about each other. And it, it's really hard to like have that public breakup that they had. And it's just like a regular relationship, you know? It's like very rarely... Do you break up and never talk to that person again? Never see that person again? So I think if you look, step back and look at it like as a normal relationship, like, of course, they're going to see each other again and they still care about each other. You can't just turn that off. Um, now, whether they're trying to get back together or not, I don't really know too much. Uh, but they still care for each other, you know, just like any most exes do, especially when they had the, you know, the long relationship like they did. So I would just say, look at it as like a normal relationship. You don't just cut straight and then you just never talk again. You know, most of the time you end up talking again. So that's how I look at it. That's fair. That's fair. And, you know, there were pictures of them that were probably taken without their knowledge, which is not, you know, necessarily great. But yeah. there were also pictures taken on everyone's Instagram story. So then we're opening up and we can see like the Bachelor fans are never going to let it go. Cloud, the same thing. Like if you're going to post a picture with the same plate at the same restaurant and you think the Bachelor sleuth accounts are going to pick it up, then you're living in a, in a dream world. So, you yeah. you know, you, you got to expect it, even though, of course, we shouldn't necessarily be you know invading everyone's privacy all the time there's a balance there it's all about yeah i mean if you're posting videos at the same place like you gotta know what's gonna happen and it's funny because like a couple of my friends and and like kelly kelly's friend that was there 
he like started to like people were he's like dude I, like thousands of people looked at my stories i'm like yeah brother trying to like piece the puzzle together you know i'm like that's how it works yeah yeah it's crazy i'm sure it's intimidating um speaking of like the fan base and stuff what advice would you give to contestants from that season or overall who are getting that like non-stop which i mean i feel like it's so crazy that we still have to say like DMing people you don't know to hurt themselves is the most ridiculous thing in the entire world. Like maybe don't send that one, but I'm sure you got them. I'm sure the people on this season are getting them. Uh, wow, what is, how do you deal with that? Yeah. Uh, it's obviously, yeah, I went through a lot in paradise. I, I had the death threats, my family I had shit left at my door. Like it got really bad for me. And it's like this, it's a blessing in disguise for me because I've been able to help a lot of people. I've, like you said, I've seen the top of the mountain. I've seen the bottom of the mountain. I've seen everything in between. So it's, it's been a cool, like, I don't know, like role I've been able to kind of embrace. And I've had a lot of people reach out to me before I even reach out to them. There's been people I've reached out to, like especially the, the ones who are going through it real bad. Um, but a lot of the guys, like I've talked to a lot of the people from Tasha and Claire's season, um, a lot of girls from um, Peter's season, not not as many from this season. Um, but yeah, I, I think I always just tell them like, it's hard because, uh, you know, first of all, if you're going through it, like shut off social media, that's obviously, you know, most people know that it's hard, harder to, you know, say than do. Uh, and sometimes you go digging for those negative comments. I was really bad at that. Like I would dig for those negative comments because it almost like back, like he, he don't want to believe it at the same time. It's like, see, like, see, I am a horrible person or see, blah, blah, blah. And you kind of like dig for those negative comments. And that's really hard. I always just say when people, and 99% of the time, if somebody sends you a bad dm and you reply with something nice they'll apologize immediately and be like i'm sorry i just lost my dad i'm sorry i'm having a really bad day and 99 percent of the time it's it says more about them than it does about you um and so i tell them that and you know i always say and i tell like fans out there i tell them i'm like obviously everybody overreacts like it's crazy how much everybody overreacts in this world but at the same time like your favorite person like your king is not nearly and queen or is not nearly as good as you think and then your villain is not nearly as bad like everybody's somewhere in between and then i i tell them to look at the the dms in the same way like that person might be sending you death threats but like she's probably there he or she is probably going through something and they're not nearly as bad as you think you know they're somewhere in the middle so i, I try and just say empathy like that's the biggest thing just have empathy for everybody involved um that can be really hard at times um but yeah, and keep the good ones close. Like keep your family and friends close. Keep the your OG friends who knew you before the show close, and and don't forget about them. That's the biggest thing. That's good advice. I mean, you mentioned before you're like you're probably gonna ask me if I'm ever gonna go back on Paradise. You made a pretty <laughs> good case to never go back on Paradise. But is there always that little part of you that's fighting for the like? Yeah, of course. If I go back, I'll get more Instagram followers and I'll make more money, and this is my job now. And what is the balance there? Of because I don't mm -hmm. blame people for wanting to ride the wave but at the same time if you are riding the wave there's a you can't complain necessarily too much not that you deserve the hate but like it's i don't know <laughs> no it's a, it's a great point and yeah paradise is one million percent business everybody who goes on to paradise is doing it for business because they can slide in dms they have slid in dms like if you really want to find a relationship you do it outside of the, the show now i do i think you can have both a hundred percent but to go on paradise it's a million percent for business it's not you know it's there's nothing else the only reason to do it is to gain followers which is fine again and i still think you can find somebody but if you really were just like no i just want to find somebody then slide in the dm like you're gonna you know um so yeah obviously that's something in the back of my head but at the same time it, it is like do you put your mental health first or do you put your wallet first? Like that is what it is. And that's a hard decision for a lot of people. Um, you know, I, I made that decision during paradise. I stopped, I, I posted the text messages 
didn't post again until the reunion. And yeah, that hit my wallet hard. I could have gained, Kylie got close to seven figures in followers, but I took my mental health first. Um, and I'm glad I did. I don't regret that at all. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. If you decide to go into paradise after now, what we know, like you said, what we know now, uh, maybe before social media and before people talked out and spoke about editing, manipulating all that. Now, there obviously are the death threats. That's all too far. But you have to also be ready. You have to be ready that you're putting yourself out there and you will get torn up. Now, do I think that about the Bachelor Bachelorette? Not necessarily. Um, but Paradise, yeah. If you if you put yourself out there again, knowing what you've already been through and what is possible. Yeah. I mean, I, I you don't have as much sympathy now. Of course, like I said, death threats, all that too far. Mm-hmm. But you don't have as much sympathy for people in Paradise. Um but it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, it crosses my mind. Of course, I'm not going to sit here and say that I never, ever, ever would go on Paradise again. But um, I don't know if I could be myself in that environment again. You know, and I think that wouldn't be good for me. I don't think I could open up. I don't think I could. I think I would just be on edge higher time and I wouldn't trust a soul and I'd be cynical. And I know now how that environment works and I've, I've seen how bad it can get. So I just don't think I could be myself and why go on there if I'm not going to be myself? Cause that, one, I don't think it would help my business <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think I'd find somebody. So it's, it's a, it's a hard thing for me to be like, yeah, I'm going to do it and go back in that environment when it was so toxic for me, you know? Fair. All right. Bachelor regrets. And then I have a few other questions for you and I'll let you go. Bachelor regrets. We're going, I'm going to ask you a few questions. They might directly apply to you. Some are just kind of generically about the show. You can tell me if you regret that, why yes or no, say as much or as little as you want. The first one, do you regret not wearing more comfortable shoes to rose ceremonies? (laughs) Yes. Regret. Regret. Rose ceremonies are so much longer than people realize. They are so much longer. Uh, I regret that. And I regret, honestly, a lot of the rose ceremonies in the, in the, um, in the mansion are cold because they have to keep the doors open. So I wish I would have like wore like more, I guess, warmer clothes or like undergarments, if you will. Those are two In- things about the rose ceremony. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Do you regret not eating the food on the one-on-one dates? Uh, no, I don't because no, most of the time those food feed the, that food is out for hours and just sitting there. So no, I don't regret that. And, and they they feed us well. I gained like twenty pounds on my season, so they feed you well. <laughs> Do you regret any tears shed on The Bachelorette? Um, you know, no. Like I did shed a lot of tears. Well, honestly, just till the end. Just at the end is kind of when I did it. Uh, but no, I don't regret that. I think it also it's like a cool thing for for men to see that like other men can cry and it's not like a bad thing. So that's another something that I've kind of embraced, you know. So um, no, I don't regret that. Any fashion regrets? Um, from what I remember, you had a lot of buttoned up shirts they were very buttoned <laughs> so i don't regret the button-up shirts I, I like that's still my style but i have no style like i it's horrible like looking back at my first one on with becca like what was i wearing like brown pants with like a blue sweater like it's just terrible i'm not a fashion and it was so funny because a lot of the guys on my season were super fashionable um and i just wasn't and the guys would make fun of me all the time for like what i wore and everything because i just have zero i'm like a t-shirt jeans and cowboy boots kind of guy so yeah i have a lot of like i wish i could go back and like rebuy maybe some suits and stuff do you regret going on Bachelor in Paradise overall? Before I get into specific Bachelor in Paradise regrets, do you regret stepping on the beach for season six of Bachelor? Oh, gosh, there for a long time I did. But now, not really. You know, I've become very passionate about mental health. I'm able to help a lot of people. Like I said, I've kind of embraced that role in Bachelor Nation, uh, which has been pretty fun and pretty cool. Uh, and at the end of the day, like all those people that were like, quote unquote, hurt by me, they're freaking all happy and engaged. Well, not engaged, but like in relationships and like all of that, you know? So it's like, had I not gone down there, like, would it have happened the way it did? I don't know. Um, so no, I, I don't necessarily regret it. Yeah. 
That's true. I didn't think about it that way. You maybe had, you played a hand. They should be thinking. I'm the only one who's still alone and fucking, you know, I'm the only one. Brutal. That's so good. Christina, Um, I guess. Christina too hasn't, I don't think seen anybody, but yeah. Do you regret releasing Caitlin's text messages? No, I don't regret. And I'll never really apologize for that. Like, I'm never going to regret or apologize for defending myself, you know? Do I wish that situation would have never happened? Do I wish there was any other way, you know, I could have... I mean, kind of the way I look at it is, remember how, like, this season, Rachel, like, they wouldn't let Rachel put out a statement? Mm-hmm. Like, that's kind of what would have happened to me, but I told them to F off. Like, I was like, no, <laughs> you know, I was like, I'm going to fight, you know? And so, no, I don't regret that. I don't. And I, I would do it again if I had to. Um, and I just wish it, it didn't have to come to that, but it did. Do you think, I mean, this could be speculation because I know, obviously, you're not, you weren't on the season or anything, but like, this, there's like there's conflicting reports on whether Rachel was like allowed to release a statement or not. My gut tells me that technically she could have because we saw like Garrett on your season release a statement. We saw you release text messages, but she was trying to work with them and they were maybe advising her not to, but technically she could have something mixed like that. I think. And then, are, is your listener spoiled? Like, are we spoiled? Like my I mean, it's heavily implied that <laughs> Rachel... Let's just say, if she, yeah, <laughs> she would have ended up with Matt, I think that plays a huge role. I think she didn't want to, yeah, like, go against the producers because Matt is close with the producers. Matt, Matt, obviously, his contract is a lot, lot more than, like, a contestant's contract. So I think there was a lot of things that played in that. But yeah, I think, obviously, she probably regrets listening to the producers and, and staying quiet. And maybe Matt told her to stay quiet. I don't know, you know. Do you regret going to Stagecoach? <laughs> Hell no. I would go to Stagecoach again and again. And I plan on it going again and again. Like it's a music festival. It's so funny how people got all like butthurt about like, why are you going to, you know, like last year when I was going to go again, they were like, why would you go to that, that again? Like, I'm like, what? It's a music festival. You know, it's like, gosh. And my favorite part about Stagecoach is the show reached out to Stagecoach. Um, then they wanted to, to get paid and like all that kind of stuff by stage or yeah. ABC want to get paid by Stagecoach and they want to do like a tent at Stagecoach last year and Stagecoach told them to F off. And I love Stagecoach from now on. Like I say, Stagecoach is my music festival. I love it. So I was going to say you probably got gypped out of some funny either Instagram captions or paid Instagram oh. opportunities if Corona didn't ruin Stagecoach Two of last year. years in a row, I would have had some major engagement. <laughs> you really would have. Yeah. Um, is there anyone you regret not pursuing on Bachelor in Paradise? Um, no, honestly, no. I, I really don't. I think... The only people, like the reason I took Tasha on that first day because she was really the only other person down on that beach other than Hannah that I possibly could have been into, and I knew pretty quickly that it that wasn't the case. Um, and then the Christina thing there at the end, like I, I don't regret that because like I'm, I'm glad. At the moment, like I was feeling it, I was. I was like, I want to. Uh, like me and Christina have never actually been like two feet in, kind of thing. Like let's do this. So I don't regret that either. Um, so no, there's nobody in Paradise where I was like, I wish I would have pursued. Nice. Okay. This isn't a regret question, but it's something we're we're starting to ask all Bachelor alum who we talk to. Is there anything that the producers or casting team you think can improve on or something that fans don't know about the casting process? Because I feel like we're having a casting issue and I don't know necessarily. I think there's a lot of reasons why it's happening, but in in your, from your point of view. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. The casting of the show is kind of interesting because I don't know a ton about it. Like obviously I went through the process and it was a six month process for me and it was very thorough for me, but I know there's other people who I've heard that wasn't as thorough and it was pretty quick. Um, So I don't know how they kind of decide who to cast on the show and who not to. But yeah, as far as like looking into people's background and stuff, I think their biggest mistake is they need to hire somebody who's like, 18 who's 20 who's like can like knows kind of what's happening and knows uh how to search through tiktok twitter instagram all of that knows what to search for instead of having maybe some 
private eye who's you know in his 40s and 50s who may not be as caught up on you know current trends and all that i think they need to hire some interns to do hire some reddit people to do some background checks bachelor reddit man yeah they know everything it's crazy so that's where i think the biggest mistake is like hire somebody who is like up to date with like what's happening in the world you know um that i think is something i can definitely improve on yeah, I think Rachel, maybe there was part of it of like these photos probably were scrubbed from the Internet. And then someone who doesn't like Rachel very much made sure they would be back out there, um, which they can't necessarily control. And there's a lot of factors there. But I, I feel like it's it's every couple of years this happens. So there has mm-hmm. to be like a, a better mix. Um, yeah. And of course, tell me about your podcast. I Bachelor Nation meets country music and everything in between behind the rows. That's the tagline. Yeah. Tell me about it. No, it's great. I, uh, I kind of obviously, like you said, COVID hit. Uh, I was DJing and everything, and I still am. And it was starting to really take off. I had residencies all over the country, and and then obviously COVID hit, and it was like no more doing that. So I kind of had a, a little, you know, you know, U-turn, if you will. And this is something I, I wanted to do. Like I enjoy meeting people, I enjoy talking to people, um, and I get along with a lot of people. And so podcasting was always in the back of my mind. And my co-host Eric Bradley, he uh, he kind of was like, you know. So there was already a podcast called Behind the Rose here in Denver for the Grizzly Rose, which is a honky tonk here in Denver. And it just kind of, I went by the wayside, you know, they kind of, they, they moved on from it, but we were like, let's rebrand it uh, and, you know, use Behind the Rose as in country music, Grizzly Rose and The Bachelor. And I love it. It's, it's so great. I love, we've had some huge names um, musically and we've had some really big country music fans. We've got some really big names coming up, actually. I'm really excited about, and we're starting to get noticed by like, labels have started to reach out for us to get interviews so it's really cool and then also we talk about bachelor big brother um we've had some love is blind on there we've had a lot of like different reality stars um but it's been great it's been fun i love hearing people's stories and we have a mental health aspect of things we like to like kind of like you know talk about how people deal with uh the public eye dating in the public eye the public eye in general life on the on the road as a musician and the stresses that come with that um so all in all it's been fantastic and i really enjoy it but yeah go listen to it it's called behind the rose podcast we recap every episode and then we have an episode with a musician drop on thursday so um it's been a lot of fun as as i'm sure you you feel you know i feel like i've met and made relationships with people i never would have which is really cool Totally, totally. I think there's definitely a big crossover between Bachelor fans and country music fans, too, that yes. you might not expect. But obviously, mm-hmm. they come up on the show, too, yeah. every year. Um, would you ever go on like a, a celebrity Big Brother or something like that? You talk about having other reality TV people on your show. I don't know if I could handle Big Brother. Like if it's I intense. barely could handle The Bachelor, Big Brother's intense. Like and the more I've talked, like we just had um, Cody Calif... I can't see his name. Say his last name. Oh, Cal- yeah. Yes. Calif- uh, California. Fury. Fury. Yeah. yeah. God, now I feel bad. Sorry, Cody. No, but listening to him because he, he won. Yeah. Um, Big time, big brother guy. Um, yes, big time. And listening to him kind of talk about the the strategy of it and how intense it is, I'm like, oh my god, I don't think I could do this. You know, like it is, gets super intense um, and really strategic, very different than The Bachelor. Um, so I don't know if I could do Big Brother, but I would love to do something like The Challenge and stuff, or like Amazing Race. I would die mm. to do Amazing Race, something like that. But um, but yeah, I, I don't think I could ever date on national television again. But I could do something like you know, like a competitive aspect. Yeah, I mean, there's always a showman's opportunity on the challenge or on Big Brother, right, but you right. would try to avoid it. Like, I don't know. I feel like you might, you might fall into it, but who knows? But uh, thank you so much. You were so unfiltered and that was so fun. I feel yeah. like it's it's great to get a perspective from people who obviously were on the show, but also you cover the show. So it's a, it's a good mix. So thank you so yeah. much for joining me. Absolutely. I appreciate you having me on. That was a lot of fun. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of Here for the Right Reasons, Us Weekly's Bachelor podcast. Make sure you come back every week for a new episode of Here for the Right Reasons. Subscribe, like, share, leave us five-star reviews on iTunes. You know the whole thing. And I'll talk to you next week.
One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. <laughs> AutoTrader.